0: As the season progressed, watching the corn grew, because it didn't look like the same cornfield anymore. I didn't even recognize it as being our ground. I thought, this has got to be the neighbor's ground or something. This looks too good.
1: Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day and thank you for tuning into our podcast. We appreciate the time that you give us not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook and TikTok pages. Now on today's episode, I have the pleasure and the honor to interview a new client with A Better Way to Farm that has certainly went through some struggles Trusted in us to make uh, some pretty significant changes, especially in 2022, uh, to the way him and his family farm. He's a grower from Southern Illinois, farms with his family. He's going to mention that here in a little bit. So let's give a big welcome to Jim Wacker and a couple of guests that he's got with him. So, Jim, thanks for joining us today. How are you
0: doing? Well, we're doing pretty good, wet as usual.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that one of these days things are going to turn around. You know, we sit here uh, into May and I went to a track meet uh, a couple of days ago, and I was sitting there in jeans and three layers of clothes, including a Carhartt, and I'm getting really, really sick of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope one of these days it, it changes. But with that being said, especially with you mentioning that you guys are wet as well, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit, kind of tell us a little bit about where you farm and kind of what you raise and and actually who you you do it with and maybe share a little bit about behind the scenes. Nobody can see this, but they might be able to hear a couple more voices that have joined you today.
0: Yeah, my name is James Wacker. We farm in Southern Illinois in Washington County in a township called Hoylton. I'm here with my son, Jonathan, and my grandson, Thor. They farm with me, and we just farm together as a group. All our decisions made together, and hoping it turns off dryer maybe next week and doesn't just stop all summer then.
1: Yeah, no, that's the big thing, right? That it's cold and wet now, and it would be nice to have continued wet somewhat throughout the growing season. Hopefully it doesn't dry up, and we, we wonder in September and in October where all this water went.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll be wanting <laughs> this water back here real soon, probably. Yeah, so when we start
1: these conversations, and, and it, I love the fact that Thor and John are with you, because I actually think that it was one of them that kind of led you to a better way to farm so i kind of want to start there that what was that kind of first initial or, or maybe the the one that was watching a better way to farm can speak up but what was your first initial reaction to reaching out to rod from a better way to farm and having someone say you know a family member say hey i've been watching this guy on this facebook or on social media i think we need to reach out to him i think that's somebody we can trust
2: well I mean, I gave Rod Dad's contact info because I knew I had to have approval for Dad first. So Sure. But I'd been following it for probably two years before we tried to make contact.
1: So what was it about what you guys saw on A Better Way to farm, like the Facebook page that you said, you know what, I've been following this for a few years. I think, you know, we need to reach out and see what these guys are all about.
2: Well, I was watching a video and he was talking about Amplified D. You know we were having trouble with emergence, and so I got Dad involved on that, and we tried it and then uh, I guess Thor and I were watching some other videos that Rod had somewhere else. I don't even remember if we YouTube it or Yahoo, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so we ended up getting involved there,
1: okay, well, and that's one of the things that you know most of the stuff that we do, you know it is over social media or over a phone call. I know that, you know, I've, I just talked to some new clients out in Western Ohio and, you know, that's one of the things they're like, you know, it's nice because phone calls are even like this. We're doing this over zoom where we can see face to face, you know, that's nice, but it is a little bit different. It's not like going down to The local retailer and just grabbing what's there, but I think as we kind of continue this conversation, everybody that's listening, and I think you guys have figured out as well that what we do is not a magic show, but it is definitely different from the guys down the street that you go to and just grab something quick, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, now that we you know see how you operate and everything, but first time John brought that up, I was thinking, okay, we got another dog and pony show here going take place, but uh, (laughs) after talking with Rod and he explained what he did and how he you know tried to make sure it was products we really needed and not just trying to sell us something i realized real quickly that's not what the situation was that you guys were really trying to help the farmer out he brought up going to the pro-ag meeting and i thought well that sounds pretty good and then he told me the price tag and then i wasn't so sure it sounded so good but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after a consideration and talking with him and reading up on what you guys did going to your website, I thought, well, this might be just what we needed because we had just bought a planter with two by two starter fertilizer, yep. which we hadn't had before. And I thought, well, that's what kind of up your guys' alley. So I thought it'd be good to send John and Thor and get some feedback, see what they could learn and what you guys all had to offer.
1: Since we have John and Thor there, uh, why don't you guys speak up? What did you think about Cause I know you've been to a couple more pro So I'm putting you on the spot first. What was your first initial reaction to that two day fundamentals of agronomy program that, that we put on?
2: It was a lot to take in. We learned a lot. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that to me, it still amazes me. And, and even I'm one of, I help, you know, I'm one of the presenters and even last year, I was sitting down in the the back of the room and I I still catch myself taking some notes and and I have the whole slide deck. I go through that stuff and I see that stuff and, and we we might have a different presenter or somebody up there or, you know, Rod has done some fantastic stuff, especially with Dr. Mulvaney. He's out of Illinois as well. You listen to that stuff. You're like, man, you, you know, there's still tons of stuff to learn. So we never can stop learning. And that's one of the biggest things that makes what we do different than, again, the, the local guy down the street is that, you know, we're taking this knowledge and we're making sure that you guys are the ones that are benefiting from it. You know, we say, OK, well, this is why you need this. And then you guys are the ones to make that decision. Yep, I, I totally get it. I, we do need that. So now we're going to put that on. And that leads me really to where you guys first started last year with us. What was kind of that initial product or whatever? Now that you've got this planner that's set up with two by two, you reach out to us and you say, okay, we got to go to the two day fundamentals of agronomy. And I know that, you know, the soil testing is huge. That's where we start, but I don't think you guys, I think you guys skip that step,
0: right? Well, we had our own soil tests so that were run uh, here yep. locally. And so I, and Rod said, well, go ahead and send those along. He'd look at it and make some recommendations. At yeah. least get us started. So I sent the soil test with the boys, and they showed it to Rod, and the response from Rod was not quite what they were expecting. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected
2: that in that room. Okay. Yeah. I'll let John explain that when He was well, there. All yeah, and people was coming there and stopped, Tyler was talking about something, I don't remember what, and he's like, I got to talk about this soil test here. And he just went on about it, and I was like, oh, man, that's a hard <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we learned a lot. The soil tests are the main thing I tell everybody. uh, If you want to do something, do that.
1: It's absolutely huge. I wasn't trying to be uh, disrespectful, so um, please don't beat me up. I'm glad that we're not sitting in the same room at this point. Um, You're lucky. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Some of the the times I'll get some people at break at a pro-ag to approach me, and that's what I always worry about. You know, a, a big thing, especially is anhydrous ammonia. I don't need to get in that today, but I know Rod is, has caught a lot of flack, especially on TikTok lately, about anhydrous ammonia. And you know that's one of the things that the guys are like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do it without it." And and we work with growers all across the United States that do it without anhydrous. So raising a crop, it can be done efficiently and it can be done economically. Uh, you don't always have to grab the cheapest form of that nutrient or do the cheapest thing. And that kind of leads me into kind of my second question is the stuff's not cheap and it's not free, but it's pretty darn good advice, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't used anhydrous for a long time. We've just been on liquid. Yep. So when you look at your
1: 2021 growing season, I know that you guys started out and using some soil tests from, you know, your current supplier that you were using um, you went to that pro ag and you said, Hey, we're going to take a look at, at some of this stuff, kind of walk us through a little bit about your 2021 growing season and, and kind of the the trials and tribulations that you went through, because it wasn't an easy transition to just be like, Oh, went to this meeting. Yep. It all makes sense. Boom. I bought some stuff and now we're off to the races.
2: I think the hardest part was trying to explain to dad what we learned because he wasn't there. Yep. And I tried to tell him we did get soil tests though after we got back from you guys and then i was trying to tell him you know well this is the stages you got to go through and he's like oh you that's optional i said no that's your program you know <laughs> yes. And it took him to talking to rod to finally get to believe me about that
1: yeah
0: i started looking at the cost of you know the first part and then it says you know the extra stuff below is optional and i thought well we're not going to use the intensify we're not gonna use the Santos. Okay, the rest of it's optional then. That was my logic I was using at the time. Because I was looking at dollars uh man, we need boron, we need copper, manganese, zinc, sulfur. Oh gee, this is not looking good. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our new partnership with Solar. We're
1: saying goodbye to our electric bill. At the end of 2021, we made the decision to get solar panels. The solar company we have partnered with has made things so quick and seamless. They finished our installation on two of our projects within 24 hours. There are incredible tax benefits and no electric bill. That makes it a win-win. The company we're working with even financed the project at less than 2% interest with no money down. That makes our monthly payment $100 less than our electric bill was. You can get your free quote at www.abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash solar. Again,
0: abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash soil.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird when the soil test comes back and we say, hey, it looks like you need a gallon of boron. You say, a, a gallon of boron like total or is, uh, that's per acre. And, and when it's, when it's <laughs> per acre and you think, holy yeah. smokes, that's like 35, 40 bucks an acre just in one micronutrient. It makes a difference though, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> it does. We did a test with no nutrients with it or what did you just had 32 on there we had 32 percent only and then we had
0: 32 percent with sulfur and then we had 32 percent sulfur and the micronutrients too
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it was a big difference when the micronutrients were in there too i mean it was significant just having the sulfur and the 32 percent in there yeah but once the micronutrients got added too well, there was 10, 12, 15 bushels an acre difference real fast.
1: Yeah, and $7 corn, that uh, 15 bushels, that helps out, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, that paid for a lot of micronutrients. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it, it really does. Did the, when we had the micros in there, it was almost 40 bushels more. In places, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah it seemed- when
2: you hit the spots that were really low,
0: like we had some places where boron was 0.1, on the soil test for Midwest mm-hmm. labs. Gee, it just took off when we had the boron on those spots. And that's where we saw those big yield jumps. Yep, absolutely.
1: The craziest thing is that some of those micros, when it's placed correctly and it's done the right way, you get to see benefits like that. You, you know, it's not uncommon for us at A Better Way to Farm to hear those results, but that's why we have all you guys share on these podcasts and other platforms is because to other people, it sounds crazy. They're like, well, you can put on some micronutrients and then you're getting back, you know, 15, 30, 40, 50 bushels. And that's absolutely the case. So when you look at what does that mean to you guys personally to have those results that we were able to help you guys find?
2: Well, we bought a sprayer and a grain cart. This year, we've changed up the planter because the evidence is there. It
0: works. Yeah, after seeing what we did last year, I didn't even use the full program. I just used the cheapy way, <laughs> And we still saw a really good increase. And like Rod said, he couldn't understand how we got such a good yield increase. And then he looked at the soil test in the fall and he says, now I see how you could do everything wrong and still get a good yield increase. Our nutrient levels were just so low, anything at all would be a big help.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the, the nice things about addressing those limiting factors. And I hope that putting you guys in a different tax bracket is not a problem. It's nice that you were able to take some of that money and go upgrade some equipment and stuff. So,
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't move my tax bracket any because we bought that equipment. But no, it was interesting as the season progressed watching the corn grew because it didn't look like the same cornfield anymore. Yeah. I didn't even recognize it as a, being our ground. I thought, this has got to be the neighbor's ground or something. This looks too good. Yep. Looking back, the saw test is definitely like you guys always say, that's the key. If you don't have a good saw test, you don't know what to put on. It's you don't have your roadmap. Yep. And it's just by like using a shotgun approach. You may hit the target with a couple pellets, but you're not gonna really hit the bullseye.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so what as you guys look towards twenty twenty two, what are some of those changes that you are gonna make? two-year program to make sure that that's kind of a more rifled, kind of a more on-target approach as you go through the growing season?
0: Well, on the recommendations, I'm using the optional stuff too this year. (laughs) smart. (laughs) Let me change up the planter. Yeah, we completely revamped the planter. In the two-by-two, when we dug up some of the corn plants last year, we noticed there was a strong proliferation of the roots on the side where the two-by-two was. And the other side of the row where we didn't have any of the starter fertilizer, the corn roots look kind of naked. So we just realized that we needed to get some of the fertilizer on both sides. And we wanted to up the nitrogen rate some too. And by putting on two by two by two instead of just a two by two, that spread that out on both sides, and hopefully, with the corn roots going both directions, it'll be a little bit more stable plant too. Mm-hmm. Also, to Rod kept saying you need to put in infertal fertilizer, and he kept talking about that last year. And I kept looking at the price tag, and I said, "Okay, yeah, well, maybe someday." Then, after seeing all the results, and I went to the Pro Ag meeting too this year yep. in, in Columbia, and after talking with people, hearing other people talk, talking with you and Rod. I thought to myself, you know, we really need to do this in fertilizer, and we had already made the commitment, but after hearing that, I knew we definitely had to make that work, (laughs) so we're putting in along with the two-by-two-by-two this year.
1: Yeah, and you know, one of those things is if you want to, let's fine-tune that that nitrogen. I I never like hearing somebody say, I'm going to put more nitrogen on, so we might have to, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I knew people yeah. were going to ask about it when when they heard that. So if we have to work on fine tuning that baby, let's pull that thing down. I think that this year, especially um, now that it's cold and wet and you guys are running liquid, if you put some liquid on at the planter and you can figure out how to do something in a side dress band, you know, get it to that row. I really think that this will be a good year to take advantage of that. I know that a lot of guys that put on fall or are doing spring you know, 100% of their program on in spring, That's already got it on there. I worry about their nitrogen late season, but I think it's going to be a really, really good year, especially in kind of the central Midwest where it's been so wet. I think it's going to be a good year to do some late season nitrogen applications. And I would imagine those guys that put 100% of their nitrogen on upfront or even before planting, I would imagine that they're going to come back and probably even, you know, if they're not wide dropping, they're going to be flying stuff on And their their nitrogen use efficiency is going to be over one pound of nitrogen per bushel produced. And especially in a year where it's, you know, nitrogen cost is basically a buck a unit. This is not the year that I would be putting more on. This is the year that I'd try to fine tune that. So I'm super excited about the way that you're gearing up for 2022. I'm just curious, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to Now that you've seen some success in 2021 and and with the continued success for the next three, five, 10 years, where do you think this is going to take your farming operation in that amount of time?
0: Well, let me clarify one thing first. When I said I was going to put more nitrogen on, it's because we're raising our yield goal. (laughs) Because what I saw last year was the uh, corn crop used the moisture and water in the soil much more efficiently. I believe, a higher yield potential now, especially if we go with the full program. And so that's why I'm saying I'm going to raise the nitrogen, not just to raise it, but because we're going to have more plants per acre and we're going to put more nitrogen into the starter so we can feed those extra plants to make sure they're off to a good, solid start.
1: So let's, let's have a little fun between the four of us and everyone listening. This is how crazy Tyler gets. So what is your kind of your average yield goal for 2022? Maybe if, if it's even on a, a good piece of dirt or whatever, what's that corn yield?
0: Well, last year, we don't, this is not really good corn country, but we do have a couple of fields that are decent. Sure. And we were going for 300 last year Yep. on one field. We were doing good. It was looking really promising until we got a windstorm, (laughs) but about two and a half weeks before black layer and over the corn went. Yep. And Sharon said, you got a minimum of 19% loss, and that's what they paid us on. Sure. And uh, we had over 50 acres, even though the corn was down, averaged 247 bushels an acre. So if you add 19% yield loss to that, we were not too far from our goal of 300. Right. And that was just two by two. Now we're going to be making a two by two by two. We're going in furrow. We're going to do some foliar. And we got the Centos with it and the wax. And we're looking at a couple other things. So we're curious then how close we can get to that 300 bushel goal this year.
1: So if we use 300 bushels, and this is where. Crazy Tyler gets a lot of people upset, especially the guys that are using, uh, you know, 100% fall applied anhydrous or even the guys that that aren't split applying or doing a late season wide drop application. So if you say your 300 bushel yield goal is what you guys are shooting for, I would easily, easily recommend 150 pounds of nitrogen total. And if you wanted to push that even lower, you absolutely could. So so be thinking about that. I mean, 150 pounds, that's only a 32. That's only about 42, 45 total gallons of nitrogen throughout the season. And, and so that's where And I hope, especially I hope the people that are listening to this are sitting there thinking, well, there's no way. And that's why I want them to reach out because like you guys have experienced, this isn't about just feeding one nutrient and, and just making sure that you put adequate amounts on or kind of go over that. You know, this is about addressing those limiting nutrients. And once you address the limiting nutrients, there are obviously some other products that you could or could not use. Uh, we definitely recommend them. You know, anytime you could throw wax down pre-emerge, you've got to throw wax down. That's going to help with the not only with larger roots and increased organic matter in the soil, but it's also going to help get any of the nutrition that's that's available in the soil solution up into the plant. You know, whether it's synthetic or whether it's mineralized from the microbiology that's in the soil. And that's something that's absolutely huge. And I'm glad that you guys are not only looking at addressing all your limiting factors, but you're also taking a look at the additional products that are out there that could help increase some of this stuff. So I am going to ask, as we kind of wrap this up, I know you guys are super busy. I know it's kind of rainy and kind of slow going right now, but I know that you guys have to, to get back to work as well as I do. But as we wrap this up, what in, in your guys' mind, maybe it is that pro-ag program that you all went to, you know, maybe it's a, a product or maybe it's even just a phone call to the A Better Way to Farm team. What advice do you give those listening to this episode that they really need to take to heart and, and really act on today when hear you guys talk about it?
0: Well, it's just like you guys said at the pro-ag training, you got to start with a soil test to find out where you're at. I mean, it's your roadmap to what you need to apply to that crop so that it doesn't go hungry. The Worst thing in the world is to let that crop go hungry, just like people. You don't want to let them go grow hungry. You don't want livestock to go hungry, but you want to feed it what it needs, just like an athlete. And that's the beginning is that soil test. And from there, you need to set it up so you can apply the correct nutrients and get it on at the right rate. When you do that, then suddenly your corn crop's going to behave differently, and your bean crop, too, is what we noticed last year. It behaves differently. And then it's a fine-tuning of everything that you're doing from year to year, and I'm sure we're going to fine-tune this for several years to come, trying to find out what works best. And then you can look at Wex and Cento's FA and Intensify yep. and some of the other products because suddenly... Now the corn plant's not suffering from all those deficiencies, and these things will now work. Whereas before, you can try, oh, that didn't do any good. Well, (laughs) it didn't do any good because we were already shooting ourselves in the foot by not feeding the crop properly.
1: Yeah, that is very, very well said, Jim. Nobody has said it better than that. I completely agree. I think that's one thing we will have to put on repeat. If you're listening to this, make sure you back this up another 35 seconds and listen to what Jim said and take that to heart because that's absolutely true. And so I've got to thank you guys so much for the time. John Thor, thank you guys for being on as well. I'm going to let you get back to work now. I do absolutely look forward to seeing you soon. I think with the results you guys have been getting, you're no longer mad at me for reading that soil test. <laughs> so I do very much appreciate that. And I want to thank everyone for the love and support, not only on this podcast, but also on the Facebook page and the other forums of social media that we're on. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on A Better Way to Farm. And we hope that you'd like, subscribe, and even leave a review for us so that we can improve these interviews and any future content that we will bring to you. And as always, we hope that you have a better day.
2: A better
0: You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at VerbalCrowd.com.